Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to this Week in Rideshare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, November 4th, 2022, and this week, Uber annoys riders, a bombshell by a former employee, and Lyft blames drivers. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by co-founder and lead attorney, Bryant Greening. Bryant, how are you? I'm doing great, Jared. Excited to be here on this Friday. Yeah, this week is full of uh, what seems to be pretty obvious things that these companies are doing wrong. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I guess they don't know. But anyways, let's get right into it. We're going to start with Monday. Uh, the, qu- the big question everyone has is, is Uber finally turning the corner to profitability? The Guardian adds, quote, the San Francisco-based ride-hailing giant squealed into, as they call, free cash flow, as they put it in the last quarter, after racking up, get this, $23 billion in losses in its first decade or so. Of course, as they explained, the last year has also had a steady decline from pre-COVID, uh, you know, some crises and a scarcity of drivers. But apparently they're saying, hey, that's behind us. We're doing better. Bryant, what do you think? Well, they've been saying this for a long time now, that they're going to make money, that this is a profitable business, and we really haven't seen it yet. Uh, certainly over the past uh, few months and really maybe the past year, we have seen them going in the right direction. And uh, you know, as things start to get back to normal, as we, as we leave the, you know, the height of COVID and all that, then maybe there's more money to be had. But I would like to see whether this is sustainable in the long run. Yeah, I agree. And it's, uh, you know, later, as we discuss a few days down, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, Lyft chimes in on profitability and why they're cutting back. And and we'll get to that later. But, you know, yes, we're looking for it. That's obviously the key. Uh, Let's head to Tuesday. Uber is testing push ads. And surprise, people aren't thrilled about it. Uh, TechCrunch reported, quote, Uber recently launched its new advertising division and in-app ads. Uh, But here's the thing. Apparently, those ads aren't staying within the app. So instead, ads from other companies are being sent out as push notifications, uh, much to the chagrin of some Uber users. And over the weekend, people have turned to Twitter to basically complain and show screenshots. One in particular is Peloton, apparently, that's, um, you know, sending sending out ads. So not really a best start for a company saying, hey, it's going to be part of a fun user experience. Yeah, there's nothing fun about being constantly berated with advertisements. And when you turn on an application, I, I guess that goes with with the use of the application. Um, you know, when you're in the Uber app and they tell you that they're going to show you ads, well, I guess you have to get used to that. But you shouldn't be bombarded as you're just sitting there minding your own business at your desk working and all of a sudden you've got a Peloton ad in your face. Um, that's not what anybody signed up for. And that's going to turn a lot of people off. Um, and hopefully they don't turn the Uber app off um, because they're so annoyed. You know what it reminds me of? I was thinking about this when I saw this article. It's, it's we're actually heading into that weird dystopian 90s movies, the sci-fi movies, where you see like someone get into an aut- autonomous car and then they're just bombarded with ads everywhere. It's like, you know, that was, that was not a, a roadmap for what people should do and, you know, what companies should do in the future. And it's starting to feel like it. Yeah, they're everywhere. And, and we're seeing that companies are starting to track us, you know, using our location data, 
to give us an advertisement for a Starbucks if we're nearby. And, you know, Uber is, is really, um, I feel like Uber's at risk of, of going down that path because they are keeping track of where we are. They, you know, they have so much data on us. So if they want to push advertisements in our face, uh, they're going to, and hopefully people don't stand for it because it's really not the way, it's not the user experience that we want. Right. And as we explained before, there's also really no benefit to the drivers, right? So it's in, you know, directly and indirectly and specifically directly, it's going to end up impacting drivers. If if passengers are annoyed by ads, they don't take an Uber, then that's less money for drivers. Again, so yeah, we would like to see this this money shared all around. If Uber is going to start making all this ad revenue, and you know, taking uh, using it to you know make the customer experience not quite as good, maybe they could make the rides a little cheaper for customers. Maybe they could throw a couple extra dollars in the drivers' pockets. We'd like to see some profit sharing going on here, but it really just seems like Uber sees this money grab um, and isn't going to help anybody else with it. Right, exactly. We're going to head into Wednesday. Lyft is bringing back subscriptions, but this time with a discount. TechCrunch adds, quote, the ride-hail giant Lyft has relaunched what they call Lyft Pink, its monthly subscription plan at half of its previous price. So at $9.99 per month or $99 per year, the new membership offers perks like free priority pickups and a discount of, as they say, at least 5% on preferred Lux and XL rides. Top drivers enrolled in Lyft Rewards uh, also get the RideHails Company's Rewards Program for drivers will now also have access to a free monthly Lyft Pink membership, the company said. So kind of throwing a bone to the drivers there. What do you think? More money for for drivers or an opportunity to save money uh, for the drivers. That's, that's nice. But, you know, we've seen these subscription plans come and go for both companies over the past decade. It seems like they're always looking for a way to bring in cash fast, but at the end of the day, they end up scrapping these, uh, these subscriptions after a couple months. Uh, there just doesn't seem to be much of an appetite for it. So, you know, if you're traveling a lot, if you find yourself in an Uber or Lyft, um, you know, regularly, this may be an option for you, but I just don't see that there's enough people who are taking rides that often that paying 10 bucks up front for a 5%, you know, fare decrease, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think they're just hopping on the subscription model, which is really hot right now. But like you said, I just don't see, a, I don't see a, re, a big reason for it unless you are really taking a lot of rides. But, you know, we, we sell she. We sell she. No, let's, <laughs> let's head off into Thursday. This is interesting. A former Uber employee just said the quiet part out loud. Reuters ex- reported, quote, Mark McGann, he was the whistleblower behind the so-called Uber files, said on Wednesday that the ride-hailing company seemed to be taking steps toward improving its work culture, but that its business model was still, as he says, absolutely unsustainable. So he led Uber's lobbying efforts to win over governments, and he identified himself as the source of the leaker, and he leaked more than 124,000 company files. He said he decided to speak out because he believed Uber knowingly has flouted laws and misled people about the benefits to drivers of the company's gig economy model. These are all things that we assumed, but it's pretty wild to hear from someone who was part of not just the company, but part of actually doing those things. Yeah, you remember last week on our show when it seemed like all positive news. Right. It seems like this week is is just a bunch of negativity. Um, and you know what what this whistleblower is saying is not 
news to anybody. I think he's just giving some credence and some credibility to what we've all already known. Um, Uber does, uh, you know, willfully and regularly disregard the law. Uber does mistreat drivers. Um, Uber has been operating um, in a, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness later kind of uh, approach. Um, so, you know, I, it's interesting to hear from this individual because he's obviously been on the ground. He's uh, been in meetings. He's seen documents that maybe uh, most of us haven't had the opportunity to see, but he's just corroborating what we already know. Right. I was actually surprised to see that even after saying, you know, pretty much these insane things Uber's done and it's true and, you know, trying to push over governments, he did say that the new CEO is trying to turn the work culture around. So, you know, it, it, that's interesting because he has nothing to lose at this point, to, to be honest. So I guess maybe that's the silver lining in this. Absolutely. It, there, we love seeing, um, you know, environments change. And, and uh, you know, if Dara can come in, it, granted, he's been there, what, four years now? So yeah. it's not like he's rushing towards any positive change. But, you know, if he can come in and clean up a little bit and, and make it a better uh, place to work and, and hopefully make things run a little smoother, that's not a bad thing. No, absolutely not. And we're going to end on Friday. <laughs> Unfortunately, bad news for Lyft uh, employees. Lyft just laid off 700 employees. And the, the interesting part is Lyft is blaming their drivers as the reason for the layoffs. So Gizmodo reported, quote, the company's two founders, John and Logan, sent the memo uh, confirming the reports by the Wall Street Journal that they were saying earlier suggesting that the company would lay off up to 13% of its workforce. So f their reasoning, they say, is fears over an impending recession and increasing rideshare insurance were cited among the several reasons for the layoffs. The funny part is that I at least think it's funny that, you know, the founders claim they, quote unquote, worked hard to bring down costs over the summer, but ultimately to no avail. So interesting that <laughs> the drivers are yet again getting fingers pointed at them. And they're apparently responsible for all the layoffs. It's expensive to run a rideshare company. Uh, it so happens to yeah, be. Shocker. <laughs> it seems like these companies are just learning the, the real costs of operating their businesses. You know, yes, insurance costs a lot of money, but it's absolutely necessary because you're driving people around in cars on the road and accidents happen. Um, yes, labor costs money and you need to pay people to do this work. Um, it costs money to provide transportation services. And for so long, these companies were just willing to operate on you know, fake money, essentially. They didn't care about profits. They didn't care about earnings. Um, it was just you know, grow fast, break things, and we'll, we'll deal with it later. Well, you know, now we're having to deal with it. And unfortunately, it's cost a lot of people their jobs because these companies didn't plan for the actual expenses associated with their their business. Right. I mean, as you know, well, you, you've you've warned many times on many shows and many publications, you've warned, you know, just in this individual driver's side, really the consequences of not having proper insurance, not dealing with it correctly. And now you're really looking at this in a company scale where, like you said, they were just kind of breaking things and it went to burn them. So now they're saying, okay, we're going to get the, the insurance that we need, but oh man, this actually costs way more than we thought. Um, it's, it's crazy that it's gotten to this point and they're learning, they're realizing this now. Yeah. And they're actually cutting in a lot of ways. So just to stick with insurance as an example, 
the insurance coverage for Uber and Lyft has gotten worse over the years. So there used to be a million dollars available pretty much for any incident that occurred on the platform. And now we're seeing instances where drivers aren't insured at all in a hit and run crash, or they have to pay a huge deductible to get their vehicle fixed. So, you know, yes, this stuff costs a lot of money, but the companies are, are actually providing a worse service um, as time has gone on. So it's, I'd like to see where all this money is going, um, you know, because the experience hasn't gotten better. Yeah, why don't we all? Um, well, that is, yeah, definitely the, the end of this week. But Brian, I'm going to give you the final words here uh, before we sign off, just to give everyone a reminder about Legal Rideshare and how they can reach us. Yeah, we want to just thank everybody for listening and being a part of our community. As many of you know, Legal Rideshare is the first law firm in the United States that's entirely dedicated to Uber, Lyft, and gig-related accident and injury claims. So if you're a gig worker, a delivery driver, a rideshare driver, and you get into an accident, we can help you collect your lost wages. We can help you uh, get paid for your pain and suffering, recover money for your medical bills. Um, if you've sustained any sort of damage as a result of an accident and injury, we're the law firm that can really get you back on your feet and put some money in your pocket. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. The best way to do that is through our website, LegalRideShare.com. Um, so please do not hesitate to contact us for a free consultation. As always, thank you, Brian, for your expertise. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week. <laughs>